Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. Fried the Burnout Podcast. Hello, Fried fam. Sometimes life brings me to someone. And I look at them and I think, oh, we that's a conversation we need to have. And so today we get to hang out with Bronwyn Davis, who has an impressive 20 plus years of coaching experience, has earned elite level status as a certified high performance coach, and has made a profound impact on the lives of her clients worldwide. Having personally coached over 3,000 one-on-one coaching sessions, Bronwyn masterfully guides her clients to uncover their innate abilities and break through the barriers that hold them back. She is also the founder of Conscious Ketamine-Assisted Coaching. That was a major hint about what we're going to be talking about today. Her personal experience with ketamine's life-changing outcomes drives her passion for this transformative healing. She was inspired to undergo an intensive and comprehensive ketamine training program so she could share this powerful healing message with her clients. Bronwyn, welcome to Fried. Mm, Thank you so much, Kate. It's so great to be here. Thank you. We are so lucky to have you. As per usual in our episodes, I'm going to step back for a few minutes and let you share with fried listeners, sort of what your background with burnout is, what you've gone through, your your life experiences, and then we will jump in. We will spend the majority of today's podcast talking about ketamine-assisted coaching slash therapy, right? Because we'll talk about um, the differences and things like that. So I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna step back and listen for a while. Mm. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. (laughs) I'm reading your book, love being in the Facebook group. It is so healing for me. Mm. And I experienced burnout two years ago. So at the time, as you mentioned, I've coached over 3,000 one-on-one high-performance coaching sessions. I was at the top of my game. I work with clients all over the world. I work with CEOs. I work with business owners. And I'm the proud mom of a 28-year-old daughter and a 25-year-old son. And at the time of that, I was really striving for my own next level in my business. And then life had other plans for me because... In a matter of months, this trifecta happened in my life where I was the target of identity theft. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it is months and months of trying to unravel all of that. Then I got a bout of long COVID. So again, months of, of not feeling well. And then I was diagnosed with skin cancer and it was life altering for me because I had had a history back when I was a little girl, you know, with growing up in Southern California. And it just was like this perfect storm (laughs) that happened in my life where I woke up one morning and I, I just 
couldn't stop crying and I couldn't get out of bed. And I had to like release my clients for a while. And, and just because I was in survival mode, I had hit rock bottom. And so I through, um, I, I reached out to a naturopathic MD and she was the one that was kind of educating me on what had happened because I really didn't know. And she said, whatever you do, you, you are to do nothing, just rest, rest, do art, do whatever makes you feel happy, walk. And kind of being a high performer myself, I'm like, no, but I need to be doing something. So, <laughs> so I sought out therapy. I went on retreats. I would, I was getting um, conventional talk therapy twice a day because I just wanted to figure out what was going on. I was addressing a lot of um, trauma at the time and, and a childhood issues. And my, my doctor recommended that I explore Dr. Gabor Mate's work, mm -hmm. which is so extraordinary. And I was reading his book, When the Body Says No. Mm -hmm. And that's really what happened. My body said no. <laughs> it said no more. Yeah. And so I thought, I, I, you know, I had my family depending on me. I have my kids and the talk therapy was helpful to a point, but just wasn't getting me back to where I wanted to be and knew I could be. I wasn't feeling right still. And so in Dr. Gabor's work, I researched him, you know, listened to all of his podcasts, you know, really dug into his work. And he mentioned how psychedelics could, when in the proper setting, the set, the setting could be really beneficial for mental health and healing. So one thing you have to know about me is I don't even drink. Okay. I don't drink, never done psychedelics, but I was desperate and I was willing and open to trying new things to get myself back. Again, I wasn't able to be there for my kids. So I, I really wanted to work on getting back. And so I explored the, the only thing that really is legal <laughs> as far as like a mind altering substance is ketamine. It is safe. It is legal. It's FDA approved and has been researched for 50 years. So it has a lot of research and data behind it. And I experienced my first, my first experience and it was beautiful. And it, and it helped me to get back to where I was starting to see myself again. And I'll share with you just briefly my first experience with it. And I've had subsequent experiences, but I wanted to just briefly share with you the first one because I think it's relevant. One of the things that we subconsciously are afraid of 
is dying. We as humans, we're, we're meant to like live so subconsciously, and I didn't know this at the time, but we're subconsciously, we have a fear. So in my first ketamine experience with a guide, with, with a professional guide, I experienced what it would be like with, with my own guide internally, what it was gonna, what it felt like to actually die. And, and what it looked like for me was we were kind of, it was flying because <laughs> it's a mind altering substance, but we were flying. And it was like kind of this eye of the needle where, where with my angel, with my guide, we were flying through the hole and I kept going, oh my gosh, oh my God, we're getting closer. And then when we went through, it was the most beautiful, incredible experience that I had ever experienced. So by the time I got out of the experience and I was starting to come out of it, what I realized was that I faced my deepest fear and realized that I've been subconsciously afraid of dying, that I wasn't living. Mm. I was afraid to live hmm. and live my fullest. What does that mean? I was afraid to live. I was really afraid to go for it. What does like go really... what does go for it mean in your world? What like what exactly yeah. are you? Because go for it in everybody's lives will be something different. What does go for it mean for you? So what I realized was that I was subconsciously holding myself back from truly being my authentic self, mm. from truly like showing my scars. I'm still going deeper. What weren't you showing? What, what was different that you weren't, that wasn't showing up? What is the, what was the hold back? What weren't you allowing people to see what wasn't coming out was it uh was it in a certain emotion was it a way of asking for things was it connection was it like what 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 wasn't there yeah good question so what i wasn't allowing people to see yeah is the part that i as so as a perfectionist too so we add that to the mix i didn't want to see my flaws or where i was coming up short but what i realized was by not showing that by not being honest and real i was cutting myself off i wasn't getting the connection that i so craved where were you coming up short what were the flaws? Yeah. I was coming up short in, I so badly wanted approval mm. that I was turning myself into what I call the purple pretzel mm -hmm. because I would have done anything to be what you wanted me to be or what just you know to get love yeah so you were people pleasing i was people pleasing 
And it's interesting because you said earlier when you were telling your story, like you, you made a justification for why you needed to get better and it had nothing to do with you. You were like, I'm a mother. And I was like, well, I'm not a mother. I still needed to get better. You know, but it, there was a justification in there of like, I had to get better because I had these kids. And in my mind, I'm like, well, A, I don't have kids. I still needed to get better. And B, your kids were adults. But still, your logical mind was like, I'm willing to go there and try this extra thing because I have kids who need me. Like, what about Bronwyn? Like, what about just you needing you? Like, what about that? Yes, yes, yes. So, so a lot true. of people pleasing, so a lot of people pleasing is like, or maybe I'll, I won't say a lot of, I'll, I'll speak in I sentences. That's something that I say a lot on the podcast. I start to say something and then like, wait, 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 I'll just talk about myself. In my world, my people pleasing skated over some of my truer desires that I didn't even really know that I had. I couldn't have named them at the time because the people pleasing was so intense that I didn't even ever stop and think about what I might want differently. I, I was never considering myself at all. So I had a hard time in the beginning first being like, okay, well, if I'm not going to consider other people, like, what do I want? I had no idea. I didn't know how to answer the question. Yes. That rings true for you as well. Very much so. Very much so. Are there things that you know that you want now that you know might disappoint some people that you're willing to do anyway? Or were there things along your journey that you knew that you wanted, that you knew were going to disappoint people and that you chose to do anyway? Yes. <laughs> what were they? At the time, at the time, so going back two years ago, you know, I was carrying a lot. I felt like I was taking on a lot of a, a lot of people's stuff. Yeah. And I and I chose to do that. Like I was proud to do that in a way, you know? Yes. And so when I when I had what I call now my breakthrough, but at the time it felt like a breakdown. Um, I had to completely clear my plate. Like, as I said, I had to release my clients. I had to, who counted on me each week. Yeah. So let's talk about what that means. Did you completely stop sessions? Did you tell people they were on pause? What was the communication? The communication was, it was a complete pause. Like I could not, I could not as a coach, I'm a high performance coach and I have to be 100% present for my clients when I'm on with them. I did not have that in me. Yeah. I could, there was nothing I could do. So to, what did you say to them? So I pretty much explained that I was I don't know at the time if I understood. So, cause yeah. it was very fresh and new. Yeah. Yeah. So all I knew was I was sick cause I had COVID. I didn't really even put the pieces together with the having just months prior been stressing out about the identity theft. Yeah. And then with the skin cancer diagnosis. So all I could really get out is 
I don't, I, I, I don't have anything like right now. I need to pause. I need to stop. And did I did you give them a timeline. I thought it was only going to be a few weeks. So you said, <laughs> I'll be back in a few weeks. Yeah. Yes. And then I a thought, few weeks passed and what happened? I didn't. I, it was four months, yeah. four months. And even after four months, I, I, I felt better. I thought I was rested and felt better. And I did. And then, you know, I was able to jump back in, but I had to really, really watch myself and yeah. really, I love how you talk about bumping up against that growth edge. And, and prior to that, it's like the, the fear of, oh my gosh, am I going to run into burnout again? Yeah. And I love your conversation around that because that's the way I felt. I was hesitant yeah. and kind of taking the route of, yes, okay, I'll take back some, some of my clients and okay, but this is enough for now, you right. know, just kind of, just kind of keeping myself tempered, I would say yeah. for at so least the that first... first year and a half, like, yeah. It's so only been first, maybe in the last six months that I've felt like I've back. really come back. Yeah. So the first kind of big disappointment was with clients and you were like, listen, I've got to take a break. I'll, I might be, I probably be back in a couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks later you were like, I'm not back. And then a couple of months later, some of them were able to start again, but others weren't. So we're still disappointing other people. Mm -hmm. What was happening with your family at that time? Yeah, my kids, even though they're adult kids, you know, I'm very involved in their life because <laughs> yeah. I love them. I love being a mom. I'm, uh, you know, it is my passion to be a mom. Uh, and, you know, they relied on me and I liked that. You know, I was into that, even though they're adults. Yeah. They would call me when they needed something they would reach out to me if they even just needed advice and I yeah. loved that I loved that but even with that I had to completely clear the slate yeah I couldn't I had nothing left yeah. in me I was crying every day yeah. when I woke up and you know I just I was exhausted yeah so so they understood to a point, yeah. but then it was kind of like there were parts of it, personal parts of it for them that they couldn't understand. And I'm right. to this day, I'm still trying to repair some of the disappointment and um, not being able to be there for my kids. Yeah. Even to this day, yeah. we're just now in the last maybe six months, you know, three months, even getting back to a point when it's like, they feel they, well, you know, that, that they can trust me and yeah. really know that mom is really there. Yeah. But so that was painful. It, it was yeah. painful for me. But do you think that now the relationship is going back to what it was, or do you think that it's now evolved? It has evolved. Yeah. In what way? It has. So the big, I, for me, the biggest way is I used to be really, really like, take it personally mm. when one of my kids didn't call me or they didn't want to like, I don't know, like, cause they live out of the house. They're adults. They live yeah. out of the house. But as a mom, I wanted to still hear from them and I wanted to 
you know, engage with them. And I would take it so personally, yeah. like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Like uh, something's wrong, like with our relationship. And now, I mean, we could go weeks, even though we text each other, yeah. we could go weeks without talking, but I don't take it personally. Like I know they're yeah. living their life. Right. And I'm living my life. Right. It's like my life isn't so entangled and wrapped up in theirs. Yeah. Um, they know I'm always here. Yep. Because I am. Yeah. I can, you know, I'm always there for them. But at the same time, they're not living their best life. You know, mm -hmm. they're out doing their thing. And so am I. I mean, I'm on a I'm on a passionate purpose you know i'm on this this um exciting ride and journey that i'm on right now yeah do you think that and i don't know what the answer to this is i'm just i'm just wondering do you think that long term for them growing more into their adulthood it was probably good for you to have that breakdown with each other where you were less sort of like enmeshed? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, not only have I grown more into who I'm supposed to be, but they have too. Yeah. In profound ways. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of exactly what needed to happen for yeah. them to flourish. Right as well as for me to flourish. So meanwhile, in the beginning, you're like, I have to get back because my kids, but your kids really needed you to not for a minute. They needed some space to be able to figure out under their own two feet. This is the thing about people pleasing is that it's so often intertwined with codependency. Mm -hmm. When you're a people pleaser, you're existing for other people, which means that you can't be satisfied or happy or or have contentment unless they're satisfied and have happiness and contentment. It's like, it's so wrapped up. This people pleasing and codependency is so wrapped up in one another that separating that often I find comes with a lot of grief because you have to remove an old relationship. You can't have it be the same anymore. And you think that it's love, but it's not. The intention might be the right one, but it's control and fear. People pleasing and, and, and codependency is about control and fear, lack of love, rather than actual just love. Do you think? So and true. I so ask true. this because this was true for me. I don't ask this because I'm making any assumptions about you. Do you think that you created a similar sort of people pleasing slash codependent relationship with coaching clients, because I know I did with acupuncture patients the same way that you did with your children? Yes, that's <laughs> such a great question. Yes, yes. And that's why when I came back after four months, I knew it had to be different. Right. I absolutely knew it had to be different. And, and I've been honoring that, but just like we, just like we know, we bump up against ourselves kind of going, yeah. Ooh, wait a second. You're, you're starting to rev up again. You're starting yeah. to, you know, 
over rev, yes. <laughs> you know? And so I have to, I have to watch myself. Yeah. What is it really that you do. watch for? What are the sort of red flags that you, do you the know first, them? Yes, I do. Yeah. Very, very, very clearly. The first thing I start hearing in my mind is I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time. So, and how this plays mm. out is I don't have time to make a healthy lunch for mm. myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to take an hour or two on a Sunday afternoon to prepare my food for the week and mm. cook up healthy meals. I don't have time to work out. Yeah. So you start eliminating the things that you know serve you best. Yes. The things that are the greatest self-care, the things that are, are what get me to where I can be the best. Yeah. And the moment I hear, I don't have time and then fill in the blank of whatever self-care is there. I know I'm, I know I'm on the brink Yeah, (laughs) that I'm, that I'm about to go over. Yeah. This, yes. Yeah. This to me is I, I notice that I, um, start taking showers really quickly and I wash my hair less frequently because I don't have time to invest in a full shower, a hair washing, a hair drying, and all the things, right? So that's one of the first things I, I, I take really fast showers. Like we were a few years ago at a, at a, um, it's like an adult camp where rowers. So we were at rowing camp for a week and you row like six hours a day. It's in, in between. You're just like showering, sleeping and eating. And you're so tired. You're not doing anything else. It's wonderful. And we were there and for whatever reason, maybe there's some sort of uh, drought drought issues in the area, but um, the showers are timed at four minutes in length. And when we first got there, it was like four minutes. That is nothing. And then I realized I was finishing the shower before it was up every time. Wow. And I was like, oh. Mm. Oh. Yes. (laughs) You know, like, so true. So true. Yeah. And then what that becomes, you know, I feel the same way about showering. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like yeah. I don't have time to shower. I'll just squirt my hair with a water bottle. We know? call it tits and bits <laughs> around here. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. Tits, pits, and yes. bits. Yes. Wash those and you're done. Yes. Yeah. You're so right. And then how it shows up is because I haven't taken the, the time to prepare a healthy meal, mm. I'm like grabbing things that I know are going to send me over the edge, like sugar, yeah, car, flour, um, you know, things that are going to, what I think are going to give me energy because I feel like, oh my God, I don't have enough energy. Yeah. But really what they do is set me up for a crash. And yeah. that's, that's when I know I'm kind of. What's really- your reset when you hear that? I don't have time to, what's your pattern interrupt for that? The very first thing I do is take a pause. Yeah. Right then and there. And even if that means just physically taking a step back, mm. closing my eyes and breathing and really connecting with my breath. Because 
what I know for me is in that moment, I'm revving up like my vagus nerve is, is, is on high. No, unactive, actually opposite. It's not, it's not active. Yeah. It's yes. It's underactive. Yes. 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 So I do what I can to calm it down. And I have this really cool tool. It's called the who list. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, I've never seen it. Oh yeah. And it goes right behind your ear and it actually is a a vagus nerve stimulator. And I keep it right here at my, at my desk. And, um, and just, I, it's a way for me to breathe, calm down. It's quick and easy. And then I reframe it and I say, I have more than enough time yeah. to make my meal. I have more than enough time to prepare and I'm worth it and I deserve it. And everything else right now can wait. Right. Because if I don't take care of myself, none of that other stuff even matters. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's jump into ketamine. Fried fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. Mm. I love this topic. I know it's the best, right? For those of you who remember the burnout witch who's been on the podcast more than once, the burnout witch is now um, helping people to prepare for and teaching people how to create proper settings, et cetera, for uh, psilocybin trips. Um, so this is, but again, that's like, then you have to work out where you're going to get psilocybin on your own because she can't tell you where to get it because that would then make the work illegal. But if you already have it, that's a whole separate, it's a whole separate conversation. So we've talked about that minimally on the podcast, but we haven't talked about ketamine directly and it got popular a year and a half, two years ago. There was, I don't remember what the, there was one company, Mind Bloom maybe, Yes. Right. One of that, one of those companies got real big. All of a sudden there were advertisements all over the place. And, you know, growing up, I grew up in a place that there was a lot of drugs and uh, I think ketamine horse tranquilizer. Right. So what is ketamine? What does it do? How, how did you, did you move your entire like high performance coaching over into ketamine assisted coaching? Is that all you do now? Is that not all the, I want to know all the things. Yes. Yes. So I have not moved everyone over, but there are some that 
have chosen to explore this. Yeah. Now it really isn't for everyone. I mean, yeah. you know that you have to be open-minded. You have to be really willing to go to a place that um, it's the unknown. You don't yeah. know what is going to happen. Yeah. But what we do know with the proper setting. So I am steep. My motto is grounded in safety, guided by compassion. Mm. So I am heavy on the safety <laughs> because really the more we can make ourselves feel safe and we're clear about our intention, the more, uh, the better the experience because we've eliminated a lot of like kind of willy nilly, let's, you know, we, we've really honed it in. So the body has to, you know, can really, really, really relax. And one of the things that I do with my clients is, are you familiar with parts work? Yes. IFS? Well, before we even start, first of all, it's a full preparation um, session prior. Okay. Yes. So that's where we're, you know, getting um, the, the intentions. We're looking at anything that might be blocking them from those intentions. And I'm coaching them through that. But on the actual day of the retreat, we are really making sure that all parts are on board because, you know, we're going to be going into the subconscious and we yeah. need to make sure Every part is on board. So I guide them through a meditation. So before to... you jump into that further, yeah. I personally know what IFS is. So IFS for fried listeners that may not know what parts work is, what IFS is, IFS is internal family systems. And can you explain to them a little bit what the parts are, how that shows up? Because there might be some people listening that are like, wait, what parts? What's going on? Yeah. So the premise for IFS, just very generally, because I'm not a, uh, an expert at it, but yeah. what it is, is it's, we are all made up of, this is the premise that we have different parts of us. There's a part that maybe is an extra extrovert that wants to go out and party all night. And then there's a part of us that just wants to stay home and be in bed. So we do have different parts. So it's important that we bring all the parts in alignment for this work so that because during this opportunity, during this chance to kind of see what's underlying, you know, maybe some issues, why you're stuck, yeah. we, it can, it, we're digging into the uh, subconscious. So we want to make sure all parts are on board. So as yeah. I mentioned, I guide them through a meditation that invites all the parts together. And, and we ask the question, are you, is, are you ready to be open to what is revealed here in this right. session? And then they're able to answer and if and if maybe there's a part that's not ready we address that and yeah. we get there to the point that makes it feel um safe because emotionally safe is huge right we've got to right so then there's also the physical safe part okay right. the part of they've already 
gone to their doctor, a prescriber. So the medical, they have to be medically prepared physically. Yeah. And so they've already had that. They've already gotten their prescription and they are bringing their prescription to the retreat. Okay. So steep in preparation. And then we, I even bring in like the spiritual component, really connecting to their higher self yeah. because that's what's happening. They're, they're connecting with their, with their higher self and getting higher answers. So we bring in all the areas that, you know, whether it's guides, whether it's angels, whether it's ancestors, you know, we, we bring it in, whatever feels appropriate to the client. Yeah. I don't sit there and try to bring in things that don't feel appropriate. It's whatever, whatever speaks to them. Yeah. Then you look at, you know, music, having, you know, beautiful music that is, that really prepares you for a journey. And then we've already talked about like dosage and really looking at each person is so different. And I, I'm of the belief that it's go slow, start low and go slow. Yeah. But I also make sure, you know, every, every client gets an experience too. You don't want to start off so low that it it's like, what? No, we, yeah. you know, so I'm constantly checking in and, um, so are these, it, is this happening like as multiple people at a time in a room? My work is one-on-one. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, but my, only in person, it could be in person or virtually okay. I do virtual or like it's either in my home office at the time at now it's in my home office, but uh, or I can go to a ketamine clinic mm-hmm. where they're actually getting the IV ketamine mm-hmm. or I prepare them virtually. So this is, this is something that can happen all over the world for my clients. Yeah. How do so, people go about getting uh like a ketamine prescription? It was like, I can't imagine walking into my doctor and being like, can I have a single dose of ketamine for like a day? Yeah. So I have personally vetted prescribers. Okay. So I've done a lot of that work. Plus I'm in, I'm a part of a network of providers. So if they're not in Arizona or California, I have a network where I can reach out and say, Hey, I've got someone in Florida (laughs) or, you know, or in New York. Um, I have a client who is looking for, you know, to get a prescription. Yeah. So, and then they, they have their own medical assessment. Yes. So by the time they come to me, they're ready to go. They've, they've already been prepared medically and everything, all their questions answered by a doctor. Right. Because I'm not a doctor. So I'm not, I don't claim to be. So when they, when they come, they're coming with their own prescription. They actually take the prescription themselves like it's sublingual so it's yep. a it's a sublingual um they call them trochies and they put them under their tongue so they're doing that i'm there holding sacred space for them yeah and being there to record you know anything cuz they're going to have some amazing thoughts and ideas that they haven't had before that's that's part of this you know yeah during our day, we have over 70,000 thoughts. Right. 
And the majority, I think it's like 90%, if not more, we're relooping the same thing over and over each day. Yeah. So in a ketamine experience, you get to, you start hearing new thoughts and new ideas. So I'm recording all of that so that after, you can after their session, that's where we start going. And integration in my practice and the way that I do it, integration is 95% of the experience. Right. And I create like a whole roadmap. Like I have a, the, I have the roadmap I call the five C's of a ketamine kickstart. Right. And I walk them through this framework over the next months. It could be a month. It could be several months of just integrating because they, they've now seen where they've been blocked and yes. they've most likely have seen, okay, this is the path I'm going to go. Yeah. But when you know they're out of it now then life happens then life happens so and they don't have a necessarily a plan so as a coach who has been a coach for over 20 years that's where I really jump in and excel as their coach to help them create the plan to get them where they want to get to yeah so we're we're integrating that we're anchoring that in from from right after the session because with ketamine you have a seven to ten day window of neuroplasticity Mm. that means so after uh, in a ketamine session it's it's as if you've decluttered your mind and and i i like to also think of it as you know like a fresh coat of snow (laughs) so prior to that fresh coat you've had lots of trails going up and down the hill but when that fresh coat of snow, it's powder, you get to create your own, you know, trail as you're heading down the hill. And so it's an opportunity to take these new thoughts and new ideas to create the life that you've always wanted. It's kind of like for me, when I came out of, out of my first session and I was like, oh my gosh, I realize that I, I haven't been living and I want to live my life now, you yeah. know, but I didn't really know how. So I had yeah. to create my own roadmap. Yeah. And so, so this is something I think that a lot of people, I think what you're saying is important and I want to underline a couple of things. I think one thing that I want to underline is doing the actual, having the actual experience, doing the actual journey is simply one part of the puzzle. I think that's important to underline. I think it's also important to underline that seeing some of the answers doesn't automatically implement the answers. That's another thing that we need to underline. That's that just because you've seen it doesn't mean that now you have no work to do and everything's going to be fine and you're never going to have any trouble and ever again. Even earlier, you said, you know, I find these red flag moments. I know when I'm coming up on something and when I need to roll back. And so I think sometimes people think of psychedelics in of various forms as like a like a you know they're they're gonna have like a aha moment that bursts down on them from the sky and then from that point forward they're always going to be you know fine and 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 that's not exactly what we're talking about so you said a couple of times on the phone today or on the call today that you've done your you said your first experience so what that makes me think of is that there's been more than one yes Okay. Yes, there has been, um, not only for my own healing, 
because, well, every experience is healing. But in my intensive and comprehensive training, I got I got to experience right. it as well as, you know, being there for others and, and holding space for them. Um, yes, I have had quite a few because I feel it's my responsibility as a guide, as a to really know this medicine inside and out mm. so that my clients, I, I had a situation where a client, you know, was, was in their session and they, they popped up and, and they're like, I'm done. It's done. I'm, I'm, it was great. Wow. It was. And I just sat there calmly going, okay. You know, I'm listening. I'm, you know, but I'm like, and he's like, you know, I want to get up. I want to go and, you know, go out and do all this. And, and, and cause I'm done. And had I not had the training and the deep inner work that I know this medicine to be, I knew he had another wave coming. Mm. I knew he did in, you know, just because I have such deep training with this and I, and I just calmed him down. And I said, I said, just hold on. Let's take a few deep breaths because another wave is coming. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it was like, ah, okay. And then he, he kind of laid back down on the couch and he was like, oh yeah, here we are. Yeah. But had someone not been experienced and had they just been like, oh yeah, I'm ready. And they were going to run out. That could have been really, really dangerous. Right. Yeah. Who, so who is this good for? Like if you meet somebody that's like, I'm kind of into this and you're looking through their information, what things kind of make you nervous to say, this might not be the right idea for you or what things clue you in to say, actually you are an ideal candidate for this. So the first thing that I, that I look for is their openness. Are they, are they open to exploring something that is, um, you know, it's not mainstream yet, you know, that's not to say it's going, it's not going to be because it is, it's on its way, Yeah. but they have to be open. They have to be, um, similar to, to what I expressed, like, I had a purpose as to why I wanted to do it. This isn't just about, oh, I want to have a trip. I mean, because that's not, it's deep inner work. Right. This is this is someone who, now I love personal growth. So yeah. I'm, I'm all in it to win it when it comes to personal growth. Yeah. So I will go, I'll go to lengths to yeah. explore. So that is an ideal client. Also, they're the clients who they're bumping up against themselves. They've hit because a lot, you know, my clients are high performers. So they hit a ceiling and they think that there's something wrong there. There's something wrong with them. They can't quite get, get beyond whatever it is that's holding them back. And they yeah. know it. It's yeah. like, they're aware of it. Yeah. But they don't know what it is or but how they to don't shift know. it or. Yeah. And, you know, again, like talk therapy could take you so far. Like talk, I, I've been in talk therapy I, over the years for, for decades, you know, yeah. at different times. Yeah. 
it only took me so far, but that's weeks, months, decades of work where within one afternoon, I, I opened up to what a big part of what was holding me back. Yeah. So that's, that's just hours. We're shifting really, really quickly here. Yeah. And then you have the integration time, right? So then we're talking then, maybe the seven to 10 days of neuroplasticity and then months maybe of accountability following that up. But the ideas and the clarity and the is quicker. At yeah. least you know what it is that's holding you back. Right. You know, and and so that's I definitely see those people who really are aware. They're self-aware. Mm -hmm. Um. They also, another, another um, type of client is someone who has high functioning anxiety mm -hmm. where on the outside, they look perfect. Like they're excelling. They look like from the outside, you know, they've really reached the pinnacle, but on the inside, they are negative thoughts about themselves. They're not good enough. They're, they're really tearing themselves up inside. Yeah. And, and that is where this is beautiful medicine, because again, it starts helping you see who you truly are. And right. I think that was one of the things that I learned also in this, in my experiences is a deep and profound self love mm. because I can be a perfectionist. I can be, you know, I can be all those things and I can be hard on myself. Yeah. But now to know that I'm, you know, a really deep, profound self-love has and that been even has just been knowing that you're gifts. capable of that is in moments that you forget it, you still have this knowledge that you're capable of that. Yes. Yes. So in those moments that I'm sitting there going, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I may have had that thought for, I mean, I, I know I've had that thought for decades and still didn't stop. Because right. I'm like revving up to be like, I got to go faster. But now I'm able to pause. And now I'm able to take that step back and go, I love myself enough to take the time that I need to care for myself. And as I mentioned, I, I have a framework around my coaching that I do with ketamine. It's called the five C's of ketamine kickstart. <laughs> and the first one, the very first one is self-care. Yeah. It has to be because we're, we're, sh we're shifting radically. And then the second one is clarity, having the clarity of what you really want. And you've been able to get a lot of clarity through the retreat, the, through the ketamine retreat, but even just now anchoring it into your real life, that was in, in the ketamine experience, but now, okay, we're back, we're back and we have our family life and we've got our work life and we're back. How do we, how do we keep that clarity in our life? The third one is compassion because when we're in ketamine, we see, we see where we're going to go and it's compassion for having, for where we are now. Mm having complete compassion because we're not there. And as high achievers, we we're, we're constantly keeping our eye there, but having compassion for who we are today and really rooting in that. 
And then the fourth one is courage. Like this work takes courage. This is not for the faint of heart. This is for people who really want to get to the root. And, and then the fifth one is community, which mm -hmm. you do so well in your community. And I'm now, you know, starting my community of people who have had this experience, mm -hmm. but it's so important. I could not be where I am today without community. Yeah. And community is how we met, which is fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, you know, it all, we all get brought together for the right reasons at the right times. Yes. There are likely a few people out there that are like, um, I might need to talk to her really soon. So how should they find you? They can find me um, on my website. It's ketamineassistedcoaching.com. They can also email me, <laughs> Bronwyn. So it's B-R-O-N-W-Y-N at ketamineassistedcoaching.com. And as a special gift, gift to your listeners, I have offered a 30-minute free clarity call for them. For anyone who's just kind of like wondering if it's a right fit, wondering if it's something that would be good for them. I love it. Bronwyn, thank you so much. Thanks. Fried fam. We come back to this idea a lot around here that no matter what you've tried and no matter what you've done, there's always another way to think about things. There's always a different perspective. There's always a solution that maybe you haven't considered or maybe you haven't come across just yet. What I want you to know today is that there is always another, sometimes more interesting than others, way to deal with what you're facing. And if you haven't gotten what you need from the places that you're looking, then maybe look somewhere else. You'd never, if the store that you like to shop in doesn't sell your favorite bread, you got to go to the store that sells your favorite bread. So understanding that no matter how long and frustrating a burnout recovery process can be, that there are constantly new ideas and ways to approach things that might just hit you a little more strongly, a little easier, a little, whatever it happens to be that you need, some things are just going to hit you better than others. And you are allowed and to explore those things fully. So with that in mind, fried fam, I'll see you next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried, the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan.